Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? <laughs> Tonight, you know, we have the um, fight coming up this weekend, Miguel Cotto and <clears throat> Canelo. And, um, what, in two weeks, I believe we have, or the weekend after, we have um, Klitschko and Tyson Fury. So we'll talk a little boxing tonight and maybe, you know, anything else that may come up. Um, as you know, tonight I had planned on having uh, referee Tony Weeks on um for an interview, however, um, until the fights, the big fights are over, this fight and then the one next week, the, the commission is not allowing referees to do interviews. So I'm going to try to catch him as soon as the Fury Klitschko fight is over. I'll try to catch him that week and uh, get him on so we can talk to him about his career, some of the things he has to go through in the ring, and, uh, you know, what it's like for an, a boxing referee. In the meantime, you know I can't talk boxing without bringing my guys on. My boys in Buffalo, the young brothers, Brian and Kevin. So let me welcome both of them on to the show. What's going on, fellas? What's up, Thank you. Good to be back. Good to hear from you, too. All right. Glad to have you on. And um, we'll go ahead and and get started, fellas, and just go ahead and start talking about this fight and breaking down this fight. Um, I mean, when you look at the the two guys, I mean, Miguel Cotto, 40-4 and four, with 33 knockouts. Uh, Canelo Alvarez is looking at a 45-1-1 record with 32 knockouts. Um, this is one of the better matchups of 2015, if you ask me. Uh, there have been some pretty good fights this year, and I've been happy with uh, PBC, as I'm sure you all have been. And 
to me, to close the year out with a fight like this is pretty good. Uh, now, when you look at the guys, you know, Cotto is 10 years older. Uh, he doesn't have the reach of Canelo. Uh, at this point, he doesn't even have the experience um, as far as rounds. Uh, Canelo's actually fought in more rounds, even though he's 10 years younger. And and Cotto is more of a, you know, knockout guy when you look at his track record. Uh, we'll just start off with the basics. Uh, and, Kevin, I'll ask you, as far as physical, um, do you think they match up okay? Even though Canelo is younger, a little longer reach, and, you know, I mean, do you still think Cotto is, is okay as far as the physical department? Yeah, I think uh, as we've seen in his most recent fights, ever since Cotto's gotten Freddie Roach in his corner, he's kind of returned back to the fighter he was in his youth. Um, he bounced back from, uh, you know, a couple of defeats with Mayweather and then Austin Trout as well. And he wasn't looking like the same type of fighter. Um, you know, obviously he lost earlier to, um, in his career as well to, uh, um, uh, yeah, I hate it when I draw a blank. But anyway. Cody oh, Cotto is too? Uh, yeah, Cotto lost to Margarito when Margarito's fists were yeah. rough like cats. <laughs> he kind of got in trouble for that, but. Yeah. Uh, he seemed to have come back. He seemed to have been on the decline a little bit there. Maybe his uh, age was catching up with him, people thought. All of a sudden, he gets Freddie Roach back in his corner, and he's knocking people out, like he's supposed to. They weren't exactly world beaters themselves. Uh, David Gill had to starve himself just to get down to the weight and make it, and he was out of gas before the fight even started. But Cotto's doing what you expect him to do. So physically, and I think mentally, more importantly, that Roach has him back to thinking that, yes, he can be the boxer that he was, uh, earlier in his career. It's mm. true that uh, Canelo is younger. He is physically larger. Um, and he seems to be coming along in the power department as well. You saw his last fight against James Kirkland, who hits like a beast. And Trinity <laughs> has zero defense to speak of whatsoever. Um, you know, it was a very entertaining fight, and, and Canelo showed that he has that uh, knockout power. It's going to be a, a very interesting fight. They're both big hitters. Um, from what I'm hearing from everybody who's fought them both, they say Cotto is a more precise puncher. Um, but, uh, you know, in a game where one punch lands can decide it, I think it's going to be a very entertaining fight. Okay. Brian, how do you feel about the physical aspect of the fight as far as, um, you know, Cotto is a little smaller, he's a little older, doesn't have the reach. Um, but, you know, like Kevin says, he does have Freddie Roach in his corner, and he's, you know, fought some top-notch fighters, so he does have good experience as far as who he's fought. Cotto's got his fire back, and he needed Freddie for that. I mean, he was looking complacent. He was looking tired of the game. And, you know, that beast that was the young Cotto that everybody fell in love with is back. He's physically smaller than Canelo, but don't forget they're not – fighting at middleweight. They're fighting at a catchweight of 155, which actually does benefit Cotto um, because it brings Canelo down to being more um, the smaller. I mean, because Canelo walks around probably at 168, 170, whereas you know, he has to come down for this. Right. Um, I think Canelo's much stronger. Uh, I think Canelo's more determined He's not as smart a fighter, though, and that's the thing. Cotto, if he uses his knowledge and his experience and his brains and keeps Canelo off of his game, 
which you could see Mayweather did that. Um, he, Canelo looked lost against Floyd. Um, granted, most people do. Yeah. But you could see after one or two rounds, Canelo had no game plan left and didn't know what to do. The only person who didn't really look lost against Mayweather was Cotto, who pressured him. And, you know, but Mayweather's speed got him out of that. But if you remember that fight, he had Mayweather against the ropes. He had Mayweather in the corner. He was Mm -hmm. bullying him. Now, he can't bully Cotto, I mean Canelo. If he tries that, that's where he gets hurt. If he goes in with that, I'm a world beater. Um, Freddie Roach made me a monster again. I can't be beat. That's his downfall because if it's a slugging match, Canelo will beat him like he beat Kirkland. I mean, but let me ask you, like, as far as hydration, um, you know, when when these guys step in the ring, how much bigger will they be? I mean, what would, you think Alvarez is going to have more of an advantage there when he bulks back up? I, oh, I think I think Alvarez will go in the ring eight pounds heavier than Cotto. Uh, but again, if he's a naturally bigger fighter, he'll hy- mm-hmm. rehydrate that much. Um, I don't think that that'll work against him. Um, I don't think it'll work for him either. I don't think that's going to be much of an advantage either way. I think Cotto has got to make it a fight, but not a brawl. He can't just go out and just try to outbox him. He's got to make it a fight, but not a brawl. If it becomes an all-out brawl, Canelo could walk all over him because he's so much bigger and stronger. Okay. All right. So, all right, so, Kevin, let's talk about, you know, as far as Cotto and what he's done in his uh, career, most notably his last few fights. Now, he's fought some pretty big-name people. Um, but in his, you know, last few fights, you know, he knocked out, uh, he TKO Daniel Gill. Uh, he destroyed Sergio Martinez. Uh, as far as, then he, I think he knocked him out like four times in the first round in that fight or something crazy. Yeah, uh, but, but the only know, problem was this. Sorry, go ahead. Finish. No, go ahead. I was gonna say the problem with Sergio Martinez is he was he was fighting on one leg. Uh, he he was coming back from a knee injury. You could see his leg wasn't really underneath him. It could have been you know one of the early punches that kind of knocked that peg loose again. Right. So he he he, he you know and, and Daniel Gio, who you know was a champion he had to come down and he was. He starved himself so bad, he, he looked gaunt stepping into the ring. He just had no energy. Um, so it was a perfect storm type of event for, for, for Cotto. Now, you can't, hold, you can't say, well, he just fought a couple of dudes who weren't in tip-top shape, but he knocked them out, as you expected him to do. And right. that's what he needed to get his confidence back and to make him believe that he can do that again. And don't underestimate the the fact that it's a Mexican versus a Puerto Rican in the fight. So you got the machismo factor going in there too. Yes. Uh, I think the crowd the crowd is going to be absolutely just berserk um, in, in Las Vegas for that. Um, Canelo's fans will travel. There's no doubt about that. Cotto's as well. It's going to be high energy arena. Uh, they're both going to feed off of that crowd as well. And and they you know have something to prove. It's not just another walk in the park for either one of these guys. Cotto's trying to make sure that he reminds everybody how great of a champion he is. Canelo's trying to assert himself as the V champion, um, even though you're probably going to bring this up in a little bit. The WBC did strip Canelo of the title, you know, a few yeah. days ago. 
Um, yeah. I don't think they care necessarily about the title. I think it's no. about winning the fight and establishing themselves as the man in the division. And, but of they, course, they don't. The, the light at the end of the tunnel is going to be uh, Triple G. I don't know how bright of a light that is to walk into. <clears throat> That's what they're going to have to go after at the end. I agree completely. I don't think they care about the title at all. At this point in their careers, Cotto's fighting to punch his ticket to the Hall of Fame, and Canelo's trying to prove that he's the future. And that's what it's about right now. Canelo wants to be the draw in boxing. Canelo wants to be the new De La Hoya, the new Mayweather, the pay-per-view star. And he needs this fight to do it. Cotto needs this fight to prove that he's as great a champion as we've all thought he was all these years. And I don't think it hurts Cotto as much to lose this fight. If Cotto were to lose, people will say this great champion lost to the future star of boxing. Right. If Canelo loses, this really sets him back. And that's true. That's true. I think Cotto, especially being uh, older, doesn't have as much to lose as Canelo uh, does. And I, I guess the when I when I look at the the track records of both of these fighters, um, now you know Cotto lost to Mayweather, he lost to Austin Trout, um, and Canelo lost to Mayweather. And if I remember correctly, the Austin Trout fight he had, he probably should have lost. Um, it was a close fight. <laughs> yeah. So I mean that one could have could have gone the other way. And, I mean, of course, you know, I mean, he's fought some pretty good people. Canelo was, you know, Shane Mosley. He was, you know, five years older than when he fought Cotto. Uh, you know, I like Kermit Centron. I think he's a pretty tough fighter. And I really don't know some of these other guys he may have fought early on in his career. But he's 45-1-1, one one, okay? So we'll, we're going to see exactly how good he is. But, what Kevin, you mentioned the, the politics involved. Uh, behind him, Cotto having the belt taken from him. And I had no idea that the boxing um, commissions would make these fighters pay so much to keep belts so they can fight who they want to fight, essentially. I mean, they were asking him to pay 300 grand um, for a sanctioning fee just to keep the belt, and that's on top of the eight hundred grand that he had to spend just to fight Alvarez. And right. I just think that is absolutely ridiculous. But do you think the politics of what will hurt um, the the I guess the the interview buys as far as people who may not know a lot about boxing who may say, well, okay, if there's no belt on the line, then this fight is not worth watching. I, I don't think so because. Um, like we said, you know, before, I think it's all about the fighter and it's about the future of the division. I don't really think that the belt's really going to come into play that much. And, and you're absolutely right. Um, the way it worked out is that Triple G was the number one, Kennedy Golovkin, the number one contender for the WBC title. In order to get this fight against Canelo, they had to pay step aside money to Triple G in the amount of eight hundred thousand dollars. Now they want to, for every championship fight, that pay sanctioning fees for the belt to be on the line. Um, a lot of times in the past, the Delahoya and uh, Mayweather and several others, they negotiate that sanctioning fee down so it's not quite a steep. Um, Cotto tried to do that. WBC said no. 
Uh, so he said, fine, take the belt. I don't care. So a couple things could be the reason for that. Um, well, first of all, why the sanctioning fees come into play is, like you know, not only can you bill it as a WBC belt, but if you're a champion, you the the, the money that you bring in is going to be higher. And where does that mm-hmm. money go to? It doesn't just stick with the commission. Um, the judges and the referees and, you know, everybody involved in the fight gets paid their normal salary and then, or, you know, whatever it is, the fee for the event. And then if it is a title bout, they get paid by the commission as well. So right. uh, that sanction fee money does go directly to the people involved in the fight, like the referees, the judges, and, you know, all that. Probably not the wrong card girls. I don't think they get a cut out of it, but everybody <laughs> else seems to. Um, so what Cotto said is it, they had already stipulated that whoever wins this fight has to fight Golovkin next, period, or else Golovkin gets the belt and a million dollars, set aside fee or whatever. Right. So maybe maybe Cotto already made up his mind that he's not going to fight Golovkin even if he wins, so he doesn't care. They were going to take the belt now or later. I'm not going to go 300 grand in the process. Who knows? I, I, that could be the decision. I don't know. Um, but uh, that is already a contract that's out there that the winner will be right. um, the number one. If, in the interim, right now, Golovkin's the interim champion. If Canelo wins the fight, he becomes the WPC champ. If Cotto wins the fight, doesn't matter. The belt goes to Golovkin as the new full-time champion. Right. And I guess, you know, if you're, you're Cotto, if you win this fight, you can fight Triple G and get the belt back, um, essentially. But, I mean, but let me ask you this. So, as far as these two coming together, and don't get me wrong, this is a great fight. But if you have an opportunity to fight Triple G first um, and guarantee that, that big fight, why not fight him first rather than take a chance of losing and not getting this to fight him? Because it doesn't make financial sense to fight Golovkin first for either one of them. The public wanted, as much as everybody wants Triple G to fight someone, and everybody loves Golovkin, the public wants Canelo Cotto. It's the Mexican-Puerto Rican rivalry. It's the fight that's bound to happen. The aging Puerto Rican champ against the young Mexican lion, and the winner of that, literally just triples the pay-per-view buys of the Golovkin fight. If either one of them fought Golovkin first and lost, which I think either one of them probably would lose to Golovkin, mm-hmm. um, you know, no one's going to pay that much money to see the other one fight them. But they fight each other. The winner of that comes out as, as the king. Yeah. The yeah. Through, the roof against, uh, through the roof against Double Golovkin. Payday. And as Kevin said, maybe Cotto realized I'm not going to fight Golovkin either way, which I don't think he would. I think if if Cotto wins this fight, I don't think he'll fight Golovkin. It doesn't make sense to fight him. Whereas Canelo, being younger, hungrier, stronger, and wanting to prove he's the future, <clears throat> I think Canelo would take a Golovkin fight in a heartbeat. Um, I don't think it would be a smart fight to take in a heartbeat. I mean, there's a reason why everybody ducks. Golovkin right. because uh, you know I'm a heavyweight and I duck him, but um, <laughs> I mean he's he's a scary dude. He sounds like Borat, but he's still scary. And um, the 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 money to be made, the big money to be made for these guys right now is against each other, and it's not something new. Don't forget, people have been clamoring for this fight 
since he since Cotto came back and beat Martinez, well, you know, one legged Martinez. I have to defend Sergio. He's my buddy, you know. Um, ever since that moment, all people have wanted was to see him fight Canelo. And Canelo was coming off the loss to Mayweather, and people still didn't care. They're like, yeah, it's Mayweather. He's not supposed to beat Mayweather. We don't care. We want to see him fight Cotto. We want Cotto to fight Canelo. We want Canelo to fight Cotto. That's all their fans want. And I think if you were to ask, if you were to pull their fans outside this fight, would they rather be at that fight tonight to see the two of them fight or see one of them fight Golovkin? It's the fight they want. The Mexican-Puerto yeah. Rican rivalry is alive and well, and it always will be, and it will always make for drama. In most cases, um, the fights aren't even as competitive or as good as this one should be. You know, a lot of times the Mexican-Puerto Rican rivalry isn't that, you know, intriguing a fight, but it still sells. This one's got bonus going of being that intriguing a fight. Okay. And a true Mexican. I'm not trying to be disparaging, but when De La Hoya fought Trinidad, they tried to turn that into the Mexican-Puerto Rican rivalry. And it didn't right. work. It was a big fight, but it didn't work. People weren't salivating. Diehard fans were, but the general public wasn't because they all knew De La Hoya was a Mexican-American. Canelo is a Mexican-Mexican versus huh. Puerto Rican. You know, there'll be no English spoken in this ring on that night. Unless they interview Freddie Roach, and that's what the that's what the public wants, right? Okay, let me uh, go to the phones to the Magnolia State of Mississippi and bring on my man Joe. Joe, what's happening, bro? Hey, what's going on, fellas? What's going what's on, up, Joe? Hey, Joe? All right, Joe. Let me ask you this, man: if if Cotto wins and doesn't want to fight uh, Golovkin, then it, what about Sergey? Kovalev. I mean, too big or? Oh, definitely too big. Golovkin is too big for Kodo. No, Kodo is not a real middleweight. You know, he just so happened to, you know, fight Sergio Martinez and win. But he's not a real middleweight. At this stage in his career, I don't think it makes sense to fight a much bigger, much lengthier uh, Gennady Golovkin. I wouldn't take it, and I would respect him for not taking it. Okay. And, um, I mean, I, I want to see Kovalev fight somebody uh, pretty good going into um, 2016. I don't know. Anyone know well, who he's supposed to fight next? Well, uh, not sure. who he's supposed I'm to sorry, fight but... next. Oh, I'm sorry. They, they, there is talk that they're trying to set up an Andre Ward, Sergey Kovalev fight, after Ward's mm-hmm. next fight, that he was supposed yeah. to be on the undercard tomorrow but got hurt. Um, once that fight's rescheduled, if he comes out on top, they're trying to go in and negotiate. Well, they claim they're trying to negotiate with Kovalev. Um, okay. I think that's an intriguing matchup. I think Kovalev wins. Um, I think the best fight in 2016 and maybe the early part of 2017 was you, you're going to eventually see Golovkin try to go up against Kovalev. Okay. And uh, yeah, I just checked out Kovalev's um, schedule. He's Look, he's going to fight yeah. John Pascal again at the end of yeah, January. January. Yeah, end of January. January 3rd, he's going to fight Jean Pascal again. And if anybody didn't see that fight the first time around, it was <laughs> remarkable to watch. Uh, yeah, it's a good fight. Total of, total of had a great fight against Pascal, and it's going to be in Montreal again, where Pascal is from. And Pascal takes unbelievable chin, great chin, can take all kinds of power, and 
and Cove over here, I'm doing the funky chicken from post to post. It was <laughs> something remarkable to see. I mean, it just yeah. showed how much pure power that the Crusher has. I mean, it, in my in my opinion, he's not getting the love from HBO, uh, the commentators especially, when they're talking about who's the best pound for pound in the world right now. They never mentioned Cove. They mentioned him, but they mentioned him fourth or fifth. He outboxed Bernard Hopkins, who's one of the best pure boxers of all time. And then he can knock out John Pascal, who usually can take a sledgehammer to the face in that move. Um, the guy can do it all. Um, maybe it's just the lack of competition, like you're saying. Um, going back, if Cotto wins this fight, doesn't go against Triple G, I would love to see him fight maybe a Timothy Bradley. I think that would be an intriguing okay. fight. That'd be interesting. Um, yeah, Bradley just came off of another victory. He's he's looking good. He's looking strong. Um, you know, I think that would be a nice fight uh, for Cotto because Cotto can hit, Bradley can take a shot, and uh, he keeps coming forward too. So that would be a nice fight for uh, for me to sign up for if, if, if that were to materialize. Okay. And another fight no one's talking about <clears throat> that I think could be made very easily if Cotto were to win would be Cotto Amir Khan. Um, I think that fight should be made. I think it could be made. I think it could be sold, and I think it'd be exciting. And um, no one wants to talk about that. Ever since Mayo, they announced retirement. You notice that everyone just dropped Amir Khan's name. He was the guy we all wanted Mayweather to fight to finish it out, but he didn't. And now Mayweather's gone. It's like people forgot that Amir Khan's out there. So Khan's going to need a fight coming up, too. And I think if Cotto can beat Canelo, Amir Khan's the logical choice for Cotto. You're right. Um, Joe is absolutely right. Golovkin's too long, too big um, for for Cotto to fight. And you mean I, for for what? He meant was too long, too big. Yeah, Kovalev. No, he said he he, he said that uh, Golovkin was as well, and I agree. Um, but I think Amir Khan is the logical choice for Cotto if he wins. I think if. Canelo wins, he will take the Golovkin fight, and that's a super fight. Yeah, definitely waiting on that. And before, yeah, before we get he... completely off the, the top with, with light heavyweights, what is Adonis Stevenson going to do? When is he going to fight somebody that I recognize other than a Chad Dawson who was washed up? Well, what he's going to do is keep ducking Kovalev. <laughs> yeah, you think he's going to fight him? You say no. he won't fight him? I think it's at some point, he has to. I mean, he's running out of options here. Uh, you know, he has to. The Pascal Kovalev fight was a great fight. You know, the first one, I'm sure the second one will be. Pascal landed some pretty good blows on Kovalev in that fight. I'm wondering if he, if he catches him, you know, if he stands a chance. Because, I mean, he landed some good shots on, on the crusher in that fight. So I, he absolutely did, yeah. Yeah, I'm anxious to see what he does. You know, on, on this next one, but yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not sure who he, who uh, Adonis Stevenson would take. Maybe uh, the winner of Kovalov Ward. I uh, think Adonis Stevenson would sooner move up to light heavyweight. I mean, I'm sorry, move up to cruiserweight and try to go for a cruiserweight title belt than fight either Andre Ward or yeah. Sergey Kovalov. Yeah. I think he would starve himself to a flyweight before you fight anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I do too, actually. And with, with Kovalov, 
he, uh, you know, you're right. He's not getting the respect he deserves on the pound for pound list. And at this point of his career, he's faced better competition than Golovkin has. I mean, by beating Pasquale or by beating Bernard Hopkins, I would definitely say he's had the better opposition up until this point. So, I agree yeah, I was really impressed with um, the fight against Bernard Hopkins because you know at one point it just looked like Bernard Hopkins was an alien. It's like he he wasn't going to lose, you know, to anyone because he's just such a just a boxer. You know, he's just a smart guy. And he knows and, all the all the tricks in the book. Exactly, yeah. and he knows and how to get he under didn't your skin. Win a round. Yeah, that's right. Impressive. But I, I, I do take my hat off to him at fifty to be able to last the fight. Yeah, because Kovalev won, but it wasn't a lot of just a, a large amount of damage done in that fight. It was just really Bernard playing it safe and respecting. Cover lost power and not being able to get off a shot because he had so much respect for his power. But he did make it 12 rounds, which we I don't remember seeing Kovalev do that. It was Rocky won magic. It wasn't to win. It was to pull the distance. <laughs> yeah. What's so crazy, man? Bernard Hopkins, when, his, he, when he had his first fight, man, I was still in the high school. <laughs> I mean, how crazy is that? <laughs> I was, you know, yeah. I was a freaking junior in high school, 1988, when he had his first fight, and here this guy is, and you know, as of last year, still holding his own against some of the best. So, yeah, um, and I was reminiscing the other day that I remember 20 years ago talking to Bernard Hopkins, and he was he was the champ at that point, and we were talking about what he was going to do next, and he, 20 years later, he was still a champ. Yeah, I mean, that's just that insane. All right, yeah, so is. let's get to the the fight itself on, on Saturday. All right, Cotto Canelo. Uh, you know, we, we've discussed the, the, the physical differences between the two, how um, Cotto's a little shorter, doesn't have the reach, doesn't have the, the, the size, and he's older, but he's smarter, and he's you know, probably has a better resume looking at the people that he's fought. So who's going to win? That's the question that I guess we'll, we'll start with first. And, Kevin, who's going to win and why? Well, it's an excellent question, of course, as we're all here to find out. I think it's a wonderful fight uh, for all fight fans because it's certainly one that either guy can win. They have the uh, the power in order to do it. Um, you're right. As we've talked about before, is the youth, the 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 power. Um, what I thought was incredible is that um, Canelo took the power shot from the man Bingo Warrior, James Kirkland. Um, almost went down in the first round, brushed it off, and then knocked Kirkland down in the same round. Um, yeah. For that, I mean, obviously it's because Kirkland doesn't have any defense, but. Being able to withstand the power shot, he proved the, the, the type of chin that he has. Um, so I think if Cotto does land a big shot, I think he can, you know, that proved to me that he has the enough of a chin at least, and it's certainly a big punch from Kirkland uh, to withstand that. And for that reason, I think uh, uh, that Canelo will win the fight, um, and I think probably a late-round knockout. Um I'm leaning towards going the distance, but I think, uh, you know, towards the end, uh, if 
they're both going to be looking to land the big shot, and I think Canelo will wear him down, uh, will wear um, Cotto down and, and knock him out late. Okay. All right. And, Brian, what do you say, man? Well, like you said, we broke down all the attributes, but I have to give a shout-out to my girlfriend, who we all know is in love with Canelo. So <laughs> you got to say, Cotto's uglier than Canelo, just to, just to please Sarah. <laughs> Because she does, you know, she thinks Canelo's the hottest thing in the world. It's it's, it's wonderful. She never bitches when a Canelo fights on. And he um, couldn't look any more different than you. So what does that tell us? Yeah, I tell something. She's <laughs> got a good imagination. Um, the, you know, I I was going back and forth when they first signed the fight, and I'm right now thinking that what's gonna what's gonna happen is they're gonna come out. Cotto is going to try to box him. Canelo is going to try to turn it into a war. And somewhere in the middle rounds, Cotto's you know, machismo, Mexico-Puerto Rico, will come out, and he'll start slugging with Canelo. And when he does that, Canelo takes him out, I say, by eighth-round knockout, either on cuts or just you know accumulation of punishment. The referee is going to have to stop it. I don't think he'll go down for a count because I think they're both too tough. But the referee might save him from himself, or the cuts might stop it. But I think about the eighth round, Canelo knocks Cotto out. Okay. And and, and just to chime in real quick off of Brian, because he did mention the referee, um, it will be Robert Bird is going to be refereeing the fight. Robert Bird's an excellent referee. He does not get overly involved in the fights, which is a good thing. He should let the guys box. He's an extremely experienced referee, so he, he knows the history of both fighters. He'll be watching closely. He, he'll, he'll understand that both can recover from shots, maybe let the fight go a little longer than a, a younger, more inexperienced referee. So I don't expect any controversy on the referee front, just, you know, to throw that in. Okay, all right. And Robert Burr is a Hall of Famer, isn't he? Not yet, but I think one day he will be. Okay, all right. All right, so Joe, who do you think, man? Who's going to win this fight? Uh, I'm leaning towards Cotto, and I'll tell you why. Um, all the physical attributes point towards Canelo. But um, I think it comes down to Canelo being fatigued or Cotto's cuts. Cotto has a history of swelling up. You know, his skin just, you know, bubbles once he starts to take a shot or two. So that does leave him open to, you know, to cut ever since that first Margarito fight, you know, with with, with that cut. So mm-hmm. I think Canelo only only shot is it it being stopped, you know, due to a cut because Canelo looks good. I mean, excuse me, Cotto looks good now because he's Freddie Roach has him doing what Cotto, you know, did best early in his career is going to the body. Canelo has a history of tiring in fights. You know, he takes round off, lays on the ropes. You know, he he yeah. does fatigue. I think if Cotto can establish, you know, getting that left foot plant going to the body early and boxing like he did in that second Margarito fight, I think it kind of shapes up like the second Margarito fight where he's able to dance and box all night, go to the body, and, uh, you know, just really, you know, kind of stick and move and get out of there. I think, you know, Canelo is not built to to chase. You know, he did a good job against Arizona Laura, which, you know, he was ducked as much as Golovkin, you know, when, when doing his run. But, um, yeah, I think Cotto 
boxes him, you know, goes to the body, and I, I think he's able to pull it out. If he's not stopped due to cuts, I, I think he's able to uh, to box and use ring generalship and, and kind of stay out the way. Okay. All right. And now, Q, Marta I was oh, saying that Margarito, you know, he was he was um had a lot more reach than uh, Canelo has, you know. I mean he's a pretty he probably had like five or six inches of reach if I recall as far as in that fight. Plus he had bricks in his hand, but uh <laughs> yeah. and, I mean, he was, and he was a hell of a lot uglier than Canelo, there's no doubt that. <laughs> um, <laughs> just one uh I just to clear it up to you, uh, Robert Bird is a member of the World Boxing Hall of Fame, which is in California, but not the International Boxing Hall of Fame in Minnesota. Just a quick. Okay. Show. All right, cool. Thanks. Thanks. And I do have All to right. throw in just for regular long-time listeners of your show that uh, I am changing my pick. And as I've said before, no matter who's fighting or when they're fighting, I'm betting on Danny Garcia because Danny Garcia just seems to win every fight. <laughs> so my pick is uh, Danny Garcia. <laughs> All right. Well, as far as the direction I'm going, I I really want to see Cotto win this fight, but kind of like what Kevin mentioned earlier about if it gets into this machismo type of thing and you start slugging with someone who's just so much bigger and younger, um, then it could be a situation, you know, like Joe says, where your eyes are shut by the time you get to the tenth, eleventh round. Now, uh, Cotto does seem to get stronger as the fight goes on, which is not good for Canelo. So he'd probably come out better if he's going to win to try to win some early rounds if it goes the distance or maybe try to get a knockout sometime before maybe the 10th round or something. Um, But I just think, I guess if I have to just make a decision, I just think that youth wins out. And even though I'll be pulling for Cotto on Saturday, I think Canelo is probably going to, Pull around and pull off like an eleventh, a tenth or eleventh round stoppage or something. Or I say a tenth round stoppage uh, from, you know, just cuts or something. I don't know. I just don't know if this fight goes the distance. So, but we'll see what happens there. But I also want to um, mention, you know, on the twenty eighth, you have Vladimir Klitschko and Tyson Fury. And I've only seen Tyson Fury fight once, and that's when he fought Steve Cunningham a couple of years ago. And um, he, he went down in the second round and came back up and ended up knocking Cunningham out in the seventh or the eighth round. Uh, and Tyson is a big dude. I mean, this guy's like six foot nine. Um, he has the reach of a Buick Regal. Um, so he's actually someone that can probably – you know, I mean, he has more reach than Klitschko, so he's actually someone that can actually kind of body up against him a little bit, even though he's a lot slimmer. So looking at this, Klitschko is, what, 75, 78, six years old. Um, <laughs> at some point, he has to wear out. Is Tyson Fury the guy that's going to take him out, you know, 24-0, and 18 knockouts, even though I don't really know anyone he's beaten aside from um, Steve Cunningham. In my professional oh. opinion, no. no. <laughs> um, he's got the he's got the size, but the difference is he doesn't have the jab. See, Klitschko's long and knows how to use his jab to keep people off. Tyson Fury wants to slug. Tyson Fury is a much tougher man than he is boxer. 
um, with all due respect to him, um, I find him exciting to watch. I think he's fun to watch. But he will want to brawl at Klitschko to try to pressure him. And Klitschko's too smart and too calculating to allow that dab. And Klitschko will stand behind a jab and fight 12 incredibly boring rounds and not care what the crowd thinks. And, you know, Tyson Fury will get so frustrated after... It'll be like watching someone fight Mayweather. They get so frustrated after a little while. That's where I was going to go. Yeah. And, you know, Klitschko and Mayweather had that ability that we're going to win, we're going to use our skill, our, uh, our, our God-given talents, or whatever you want to call it, and we don't care if the crowd loves it or not. And in Germany, they, they don't care. It's a social event to go to a Klitschko fight in Germany. They're not there to see a great fight. You'll, you'll see the difference between the crowd in Vegas and the crowd in Germany from week to week. Uh-huh. In Vegas, it'll be passionate, screaming, Mexicans and Puerto Ricans and flags flying and people going nuts. You watch the broadcast of the fight in Germany, it's going to be people in evening dresses and tuxedos. It's a night at the theater for them. It's <laughs> a celebrity. Yeah. Well, it is. I mean, to them, they're going to see a celebrity. They're not going to see a fight. So Klitschko doesn't care. He doesn't have to impress them. Why doesn't he fight in America? Because he's not going to sell that many tickets here. <laughs> I mean, yeah. passionate fight fans don't want to pay to see him. In Germany, they'll sell 30,000 tickets. Um, I mean, the only way Klitschko could sell here is if he fought Deontay Wilder, and I don't think that's going to happen. Nah, not yet, no. But he does have 53 knockouts. I mean, he will get people out of there. And Joe, as far as Klitschko is concerned, I mean, I was like uh, Brian said, he's like the heavyweight Mayweather. He doesn't really care how what the fans think. He's going to do whatever he takes to win. But Tyson Fury does have more reach. If Tyson can establish a jab himself, which I don't know if anyone has decided to tell him that he might want a jab, um, can he take Klitschko out of his game and open him up? No. No. And I'll tell you why. Because what Klitschko, Klitschko is the bigger man, you know, mass-wise. Right. And, and he's not going to be able to do it. If if you do get past that iron jab of Klitschko, you know what he's going to do? He's going to Americone you. He's going to hold you. And he will hold you all night if you get past that jab. So you're going to lean on you. Yeah, he's going to lean on you. He's going to put that big size on you. He's going to wear you down. He's going to hold you. So, I mean, at that point, it becomes, you know, just like almost Cuban Olympic-style boxing. He's just scoring. And, and no, I don't think Tyson Fury stands a chance. Right, and Chris, you mentioned when Tyson Fury fought Steve U.S. Cunningham, Cunningham, for a large portion of his career, was cruiserweight. As a heavyweight, he fights around 210. Yeah. If he can knock Fury down with a punch and Klitschko lands the same punch, what do you think the odds that uh, Fury gets up? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's just that, that you know, you're true. fighting. I mean, Cunningham is not a small duty, 6'3", 210. That, that's pretty powerful, but not in today's heavyweights. Um, no, yeah, no, Fury is a bird big, almost. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and Fury's a big dude. He's tall. But if Klitschko lands a shot, which, you know, he won't be fighting the smaller guy who's trying to fight on the inside to get him to lean on him. He'll be at a little bit of a distance. He'll measure him with the jab, and if he lands a big punch, I think it'll be a mighty nice. What Tyson Fury should have done is he should have watched the last Deontay Wilder fight, the last two Deontay Wilder fights, 
and got on the phone and called Mark Breland and said, please come over here and teach me how to jab. <laughs> um, if anybody can do it, it's Breland. Breland taught Deontay Wilder how to throw that stiff jab. And look how good he used it in that last fight. He was putting combinations together. The heavyweight yeah. kind of put together to young Tyson. <clears throat> and that would have been the smart move. If Tyson Fury would have called him up and said, I saw what you did with Wilder. I'm fighting Klitschko. I need to learn to use that jab as a weapon and a rangefinder and a deterrent. Come teach me. That would have been the best move he did, but he didn't do it. So I don't think he has a chance. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I'd like to see Tyson give Klitschko a good fight. At least open him up a little bit. Don't know if it's going to happen, but I'll probably watch the fight if it's uh you know, one of those well, HBO fights that come on at four in the afternoon. Yeah, and but you know, another thing to keep in mind is yeah, we're all talking about can't happen, can't happen. But remember, Vladimir Klitschko has a history of a suspect chin in the past. So if Fury does land a big shot, anything could happen. And you're True. fighting due to six eight, and you're on the outside. He definitely has a puncher's chance. Um, but I, I don't see it happening. I think he's he's wiser now, and he learns to, to to stay away from that kind of thing. But it could certainly happen. I don't think it's just going to be a boring knockabout type of thing. It could happen, but uh, I doubt it. Okay. Yeah, Manuel Stewart taught him to you know stand tall and you know stand behind that jab, and it's just harder to get to that chin now. He's not exactly. the same fighter. Yeah, he got a lot smarter with the rounds under his belt, without a doubt. And Klitschko learned to use his shoulder very well in the last few fights. And you'll see him squared up. He doesn't use it as a shoulder roll like Mayweather did, but he squares it up and will block almost everything coming his way. And, you know, a guy with Tyson Fury can't get inside because once he gets inside, Klitschko's a better inside puncher. You know, Tyson Uh Fury needs to extend his arms. He can't throw the one-inch Jack Dempsey punch, which we've seen Klitschko do. So it's going to be a... Very tough fight for Fury. I think it'll be a fun fight. I think it'll be exciting because I don't think Fury's going to do anything but come to fight. A lot yeah. of people talk big and then freeze up in the moment. I don't think Fury has that in him. He's too much of a. I don't know if you've ever seen interviews or read interviews with him. He's too much of a of an asshole to uh, <laughs> come in as a you know just someone who's going to stand back and not right. put on the show. Okay. You can also. You can also attribute a lot of Klitschko's recent defensive uh, games to former T2Q uh, guest star Jonathan Banks, who's been in his corner for the last few fights. Oh, yeah, Mr. Banks. Yeah. So, another Stewart disciple. Um, all right, so, like I said, that's coming up in, a, in what, next next Saturday, the 28th, I believe. Correct. Um uh, the Saturday after that, you have Daniel Jacobs, a miracle man, going up against Peter Quillen. Um, so I'll probably check that out to see what Peter Quillen does. Um, I did catch the fight he had against um, Andy Lee. Yeah, he's kind of Quillen makes weight. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, but all right, um, I'm gonna throw a couple names that you are, a few names that you are, and you all tell me what you want to see this this person do next. And uh, then we'll get ready to just kind of wrap things up. But all right, what's next for 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 Sean Porter? Oh, that's a well, good question. I think, I think it's interesting that Broner lost Sean Porter, but then his next fight out got a shot for a title and won it. 
So how about you give Sean Porter the rematch and he can whoop Broner again and take that title that he deserves? Yeah, I think Broner could have beat him if he would let his hands go. He did end up knocking him down in that fight. Yeah. Yeah, he just in the 12th he didn't round. let his hands go. Yeah, he, he just didn't let his hands go, which he, you know, that's typical for Broner, that slow-paced style, but, you know, you don't get enough offensive output to score. So, yeah, I guess Porter does deserve a shot if Broner got one right after. Well, Broner did drop down and wait, right, but, you know, he still got shot. Yeah. All right. So, what's next Maybe for Danny Gar? Danny Garcia. A victory is next for Danny Garcia. I don't care who it's against. For some reason, he just can't be beat. So, um, I mean, you look at the guys he's fought. He's fought Amir Khan. He's fought Eric Morales twice. Zab Judah. Matisse. Uh, Lamont Peterson. Uh, he fought Pauly. I mean, where does he go now? I think he goes uh, against Kel Brock. Oh man, that's a bad match for Danny. Is he going up to 147? He's talking about it. Because his last fight was at what 144, right? Yes. Um, midway. I would like to see him fight. If he if he goes back to 140, I would like to see him fight Terrence Crawford. That's a good fight. That's Uh, a really good. I think uh, uh, yeah, would be a fun fight. Oh yeah. The fight that yeah. I want to see, if we're talking 147, is Provodnikov and Keith Thurman. That's oh, the fight wow. I want to see because Keith okay. Thurman is a huge hitter, and you can shoot Provodnikov in the face and he won't back down. <laughs> yeah, so if you want to see if Keith, yeah, if you want to see if Keith Thurman is the real deal, I would love to see him fight Provodnikov. <laughs> or Matisse. Man, uh, I, I like Keith Thurman, man. Offensively, he's real talented. But I think his his chin may be suspect. I've seen him rock in, in, yeah. in, a, in a fight or two. So um, I'm not sure. If, uh, I don't know. I would like to see him get, yeah, get a good puncher like that. I think you're absolutely right. That's a good matchup. Now, there's yeah, some... Yeah, 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 yeah. Go, ahead, go right. ahead. Okay, there's some great... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I was going to say, you're absolutely right. Keith Thurman, he's been on PBC a few times, so his name has gotten out in the public as well. And he had, you know, his nickname one time for his big big power shots. But he, you're right, he has been, he has taken some shots. And I think Provodnikov yeah. would be a great guy who is, just comes forward, comes forward, comes forward. And, and he Keith will Thurman's hit him. Make, and he will hit him. And he will be able to hit Provodnikov too. So if he wants to take that next step and prove that he's an upper echelon fighter, you know, Provodnikov lost to Matisse because he was on point that night. His accuracy yeah. was unbelievable. Provodnikov yeah, I really think that should be a draw. It was a great, great, great fight. Uh, yeah. Timothy Bradley beat Provodnikov as well in a nice, that was really a good fight. close fight as well. I mean, all these guys, you know, Provodnikov's right there as well. Keith Thurman wants yeah. to be in that group. I think that would be an amazing fight for the fans. Provodnikov has had some bad breaks, and he's fought fights that were so good, and that you hate to, you know, you hate to even say he lost. Like against Timothy right. Bradley, that could have went either way. Um, against Matisse, if, you know, he did enough Chris to stay in the fight. Yeah, the Chris Algieri fight. I mean, Algieri got on his bicycle and ran, you know, the whole fight. You know, after his eye bend. 
so badly, you know, closed yeah. in the first half of that fight. So he's, he's really got some bad decisions, and I hate that for him. So I think he deserves a title shot and, you know, and a, and yeah. a chance. Because he, he's yeah. a fan favorite. Great. He's going to have to learn how to jab, though. He's going to have to learn how to jab. He's got to learn how to not to get hit a thousand times, or else he's going to be able to <laughs> yeah. in about a week and a half. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. he's got the best nickname in boxing to boot, the Siberian Rocky. You can't get better than yeah. that. <laughs> his cheekbones are so high, you know, he, you know, if he takes a shot or two, that eye's closing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's right, so some great young welterweights out there, too, that people aren't even mentioning. I mean, uh, we mentioned Keith Thurman, we mentioned Kel Brock, we mentioned Amir Khan earlier, but, you know, you're forgetting Diego Chavez is out there, um, yeah. that uh, the kid from New York, um, uh, Saddam he, Ali. He drew, yeah, Diego Chavez, he had a draw with Timothy Bradley. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, uh, that other young kid, uh, the other young American kid, um, what's his name, Spence is his last name. Um, um, Errol Spence. Errol, Errol Spence, yeah. 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 The truth. There's some great up and coming fighters there in that division. Yeah. That's true. That's true. You uh, mentioned uh Porter. I would like to see Porter fight Madonna. You know, somebody else that's gonna brawl with them and you know, I think that could you know be a, a good fight. Okay. And uh yeah, the welterweights definitely look pretty good. So what Kevin? I right, so I'm definitely on board with that fight, man. It's the beauty of that we, yeah. How funny is it? We've been talking almost an hour, and almost none of it about heavyweights. Even when we talked about heavyweights, we just skip right on. <laughs> <laughs> I love like right. that. Yeah. Well, the, the real fight fans do appreciate, you know, the lower weight classes because that's where the action is. Yeah, yeah. give us another name too. <laughs> I was going to throw out um, Terrence Crawford. Someone that brought up Terrence Crawford a little while ago. Yeah, I, I think him and Danny Garcia would be an excellent fight. At, at 140, yeah. Well, I wanted to have Victor Postel. They're talking about potential. Victor would be amazing. Yeah. They're talking about the Terrence Crawford having uh, being Manny Pacquiao's last opponent as well. Wow. They want Pacquiao wow. to come back. I believe they said April or May of next year to fight his final fight. And they're, yeah. they're kicking around the, the idea of a potentially being Bradley again, and they're kicking around potentially Terrence Crawford for that fight. So, We'll see. Hope it's not Bradley again. Um, yeah. I think we saw everything we need to see there. Terrence Crawford has real skills, man. I mean, either hand. You know. But how that's will Crawford do it? That's why the Rodriguez Gamboa is one of my favorite fighters. Man. How will Crawford do I mean, outside of Omaha? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. Victor Pistol would be, Pasta would be a, a nice fight. Um I don't know. Anybody like Omar Figueroa? Yeah, I, yeah, I do. Okay. And um, I don't know. In, in that in that particular, in, in the lightweight, super lightweight, uh, I don't really know. I mean, I know a few names, like uh, some up-and-coming guy, like uh, Jose uh, Benanita. Benavidez, uh, I know he's a he's a I think he's an American. And, uh, and speaking of Americans, um, you know, are, are we seeing some you know Americans really 
kind of come back on the scene a little bit as far as, I mean, in any weight class? I'm seeing a lot of American fighters who seem like they're representing pretty well, and not everyone is from Mexico or Argentina, you know, with a belt. Yeah, Terrence Crawford, um, Keith Thurman. Yeah, there's some. Well, DeAndre yeah. Rose. Yeah, there's some. Uh, Andre Ward, potentially, if he stops getting hurt. He was supposed to be on the Thunder card, but he got hurt, so he had to back out of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, of um, course, the most important one would be Deontay Wilder, if he ever did that. Correct. Yeah. And people would watch him. The other guy who we haven't mentioned yet, who they always mention Pond Spawn, and he certainly was impressive again, is... Uh, Chocolatito Roman Gonzalez, uh, you know, for for a little dude, he fights like a big man. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's something. He's not American, uh, of course. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but uh, Nicaraguan, but yeah, close enough. <laughs> Another fight on my top five fights I would like to see. Now that we're going to get Canelo Cole, I can take that one off. But I want to see either Rigondale, Lomachenko, or Rigondale, Leo Santa Cruz. Well, yeah, and Rigondale move up to featherweight. He says he's definitely going to move up to featherweight, that he can't stay at junior featherweight. And I don't think he'll go right after Leo Santa Cruz. Um, I think he'll see him fight. Uh, maybe Gary Russell Jr., which I think is a great fight. Or, yeah, uh, that could be a great fight. You know, and Nicholas Walters, which would be a dynamic fight. That would be a great fight, yeah. Um, but I don't think he'll did. go after Russell. I don't think he'll go after Lomachenko right away yeah. or Santa Cruz. Man, I, I would love to see those. I mean, the way he just picked apart in the Nino Danier, I'm like, this kid is, man, he's, he's big time. And, you know, he gets to tag a boring fight or so. HBO is not in a big rush to throw him out there. But, I mean, he has to be on the pound-for-pound list. And he should. And, and, you know, I mean, if he went in, if he did move up in weight, and even it went after a couple top five featherweights, like let's say he went after an Abner Mahrez. You you can't argue Abner Mahrez is definitely a top five featherweight right now. I would take Guillermo Rigondeau over him. Yeah, Johnny Gonzalez, all of yeah. I don't think um, – I think he'd beat Lomachenko at this point. I think yeah. Santa Cruz would give him problems. Um, yeah. I think Nicholas Walters would probably be the toughest fight there. But I think the rest of the of the top featherweights, I don't think uh, Regan Dow would have much trouble with. Man, he's just – he's so good and so quick. And, you know, he's just score, 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 score. I mean, Danielle didn't have a – Man, no kind of answer. Right. Yeah, he's, uh, he's still fighting yeah. Super Bantam, and he is only 15 and 0. So when he yeah. moves up, the competition does get a little bit different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll come up with some pretty good matchups. I need to let you all be matchmakers. Yeah, yeah. That's and, a lot uh, of fun. We don't have to worry about promoters and. <laughs> right. You know, HBO or Showtime. Yeah. Right. Networks. We don't. You know, we can't just call these people up and can we please get our guy in your network? Doesn't work Thank that you. way. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, before I get ready to wrap this things up, I, I do want to kind of switch gears a little bit and just get you all's opinion uh, on what happened with Ronda Rousey this weekend. Um, as you know, she came across a boxer. 
You know, when she was talking that noise of Layla Ali, I'm like, okay, yeah. She came across someone who was skilled in boxing, and Holly Holmes put those thunder cookies on her, okay? Yeah. And left her in a bad way. So, of course, this is not the end of Ronda Rousey. I mean, anybody can come back, I guess. But as far as what it means to be undefeated, be on top of the world, and come crashing down, what does this do for her career going forward? Can she? Of course, I don't think she's going to get back to where she was, but she can come pretty close, can she? She has to avenge it. You have to. You have to right that wrong. You can't duck her and go to the next opponent. You you definitely need to shoot for that rematch. I, I think if they was, fight again, I don't know if it will be different unless she has a completely different. Um, Approach yeah. to, to that boxing. Yeah, she's gonna have to have a respect for boxing. She had no respect yeah. for boxing coming in. Yeah, well, she thought she could be a boxer because of her previous victory over someone who was a striker, and she took her out quick. She thought, "Oh, this is easy." Well, she yeah. stepped in against someone. Yeah, maybe she was ranked seventh in that division, but she was undefeated in MMA. She was a world champion boxer. She was a world champion kickboxer, and she was both of those to back Ronda Rousey in the next Tuesday. <laughs> it was I mean, impressive to watch Holly Holmes' defensive footwork. Every time Rousey got close, she could dance away and land that straight left to her jaw. Bang, bang. It was something, it was so impressive. Uh, Rousey was exposed to having no defense. Uh, she was overwhelmed. And Holly Holmes mm-hmm. took it to her. I think, you know, a little bit too much may have gone to, you know, press clippings, went through her head a little bit, thinking she was that indestructible character that Mike Tyson yeah. thought he was. Yeah. Um, and that's, even though it's a very unfair comparison to say anybody's like Mike Tyson, I think that's kind of like the career path that you saw. Rousey knocking everybody out early, indestructible, yeah. and, and, and where we can beat her. Goes to Australia, not you know, just a little south of Japan, <laughs> and gets knocked the fuck out. We'll see if she bounces back, if she buys tigers and does get face tattoos. We'll see if that happens to her. I'm not sure, yeah. but uh, you know, she she had to learn to use her strengths a little bit better. She thought the boxing thing was nothing to worry about, and she figured it out pretty quick that it yeah, uh, skills matter sometimes. Yeah, yeah every time I mean, she came in, she got stuck. Yeah, home danced on her, slipped punches, made a reset, caught off balance. I mean, it was boxing one on one. It was. And yeah, anytime you have someone, <laughs> anytime you have someone swinging and falling, she'll be bad. I mean, that's just bad. Making a miss, making a pay. Exactly. Sweet science. Yeah. But back to your original question. Yeah, she'll come back, and she'll come back strong because um, she's attractive. And more people were interested in watching her fight because of the way she looked than cared anything about fighting. Yeah. And she'll still draw that crowd for her comeback. And then some people say, oh, it's time for revenge. She's going to be mad now. And if she gets knocked out again, that's it. But she'll yeah. she'll she'll have another moment in the sun. That's and, why I wonder you know, if she's going to try to fight um, Holly Holm again. Because if she loses, that that is going to be like the start of a Roy Jones yeah, I mean, it was all class on Holly Holmes' part, too. Following the fight, she said everything right. Uh, Rousey was a great champion. She gave me the shot. Absolutely, I'm going to give her the, the shot back. Put it in those perspectives. When the real answer is, holy shit, I'm not going to make nearly as much money against anybody else. 
Uh, of course, I'll fight her again, especially because I just beat the tar out of her. Also, I think it's hilarious that MMA needed a woman to fill the arenas. Uh, yeah. Not just fill the arenas, but 56,000 people showed up in Australia to go to that fight. And the headliner, obviously, is what drew everybody. Do you know the pay-per-view? Yeah, I don't know if that happened that night. I have no idea. I haven't seen the pay-per-view buys yet, but, I mean, she was Butterbean. People were watching this, the side <laughs> show, you know? Yeah. And uh, it worked. It absolutely worked. And I think she'll come back. She's an ultra-competitive person. Um, she was in the Olympics for judo. You don't become an Olympic athlete just because. You know, she has that desire. She has the passion. She does have the skills. But like we said earlier, she just didn't respect the boxing side of it. Um She's going to come back, and she's going to do well for however long she wants to do well. But if she does get knocked out once, twice more, all of her endorsements will go. No one will come to the movies that she'll shoot. You know, you can say goodbye to the to the Sylvester Stallone and the Untouchable or whatever that's called Part 9 that she's in with Dolph Lundgren. All that will go. Yeah. No one's going to want to if if you're the girl who was awesome but just got knocked out. Yeah, but turn into. Uh, go ahead. I think she'll definitely come back because she has that mentality. That competitive fire will be there, and maybe it'll jumpstart her again. Okay. And she's got something else going for her too. As someone who publicly states, I am not a fan of MMA. I don't like it. I don't care about it. I don't watch it. I'm a boxing purist or a boxing snob. If they want to say that, it's just. I, there's no appeal of MMA to me. So I didn't even watch the fight. But, you know, I'm the first to admit, the next day I woke up and looked at the news to see what happened in that fight. So yeah, she's got yeah. something going for her that if I'm looking to see, ooh, I wonder what happened in that fight, who could care less about the sport, that says something about her. That's true. And, um, you know, it's one of those deals where you wonder where this takes her next. Um uh, is she going to move on and re- regain what she had, or is she going to be the next Jenna Carano? Uh, you know, Jenna Carano got knocked out. Next thing you know, she started making movies. So, yeah. <laughs> And she, she was an American gladiator, and she was much more attractive than anybody else fighting today. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And uh, so, but all right, fellas, I will go ahead and we'll wrap this up. Anyone have any um, final thoughts as far as the Cotto Canelo fight before I shut it down? About the fight itself, I think you're in for a great fight. I think it's going to be fan friendly as well. Uh, it's How much not is going it? to be. I don't remember. It's uh, 60 bucks, regular 70 bucks uh, for uh, HD. Oh. What happened yeah, to 50 yeah. bucks? Yeah, that one um, when Floyd Mayweather decided that money was everything. Al Heyman, thank yeah. you very much. Um, yeah, and believe it or not, a majority, a, a ton of the buys, even pay per view, come out of Mexico as well. So they'll pay top dollar to see their boy Canelo. Um, it's going to be a fan friendly fight. It won't be a running match. It won't be, any, you know, any other Floyd snooze fests. Um, It'll be a great fight to watch for fans. A little uh-huh. disappointing that the undercard under reward won't be there, but Rigando will be. So we'll get to see that. 
Okay, cool, cool. I didn't know that. And uh, Joe, what do you think, man, about Saturday? Any final thoughts? Man, super excited. Hope hope Kodo can box and uh, you know, kind of just stay out of. Man, just don't get too close. Because <laughs> uh, Canelo showed me a lot against Kirkland. Showed me a lot against uh, El Perro. Um, you know, he beat it. He beat Laura. Like his resume is coming together. Even though some of those was at catch weights with the fight with El Perro, but you know he's he's really looking good lately. So I hope Cotto can can box like he did in the Margarito second fight, man, and kind of just stick and move. So move for Cotto, man. All right, Brian, shut it down, man. Well, <clears throat> like everybody else, I think it's going to be a fantastic fight. Um, I think both guys are going to come to fight, not just to box. If either of these guys try to just out-slick and move and win the fight that way, even by winning they would hurt their stock more than they will by losing in a fight. So Mm -hmm. you're going to see two guys really going at it. And I think it's sad that the uh, pay-per-view price is so much with uh, not a very good undercard. But, again, they had planned on a decent undercard with Andre Ward. You can't blame the promoters at that point. Yeah. Um, I, think, I, think it's, uh, I think it's an exciting fight. I think there's going to be a lot of unanswered questions afterwards about the future of the division, um, especially with Gennady Golovkin. I'm really curious. I'm almost as curious about the post-fight ring interview with the winner as I am about the fight itself, to be honest with you, because of the Golovkin implications. But... Uh, I do think it's uh, it's got the potential to be one of the fights of 2015, and you're right, it's at the perfect time of the year, and uh, I you know hope a lot of people tune in and watch it, and I hope in a couple weeks when uh, Tony's back in uh, the states, we can all get together again and talk about it. No doubt, no doubt. I'm gonna try to hit him up as soon as he gets back and uh, get everyone back on, and we'll just talk about whatever, man. Try to keep this sport going. Thank you so much for having us, Quincy. Always great to talk boxing with you guys. It's been a been a blast, and I love all the names that we thrown out there. Boxing has a super bright future ahead. All right. And before yeah. I go, I got to give a shout out to Ray, who didn't call in today, who's still my hero, Ray. I know you're out there listening, so I'm getting those Ray t-shirts made up. So, and uh, Joe, thanks for calling in. Q, thanks for having us. And like Kevin said, it's always great to talk boxing. All right, fellas, oh. I'll be in touch. Thanks for joining the show. Joe, thanks for chiming in as well. Um, no always good to have some people on to discuss boxing. It's, you know, one of those sports that uh, will always be near and dear to me. Boxing and, and track and field are always the mono mono you know, type of sport that I could really go for back in the day. And um, so, and just, you know, see your favorite athlete on a weedy box and everything that was super cool because a lot of the olympians did that uh some of them have gone on to turn to women but you know to each their own <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to Kayla. all right so um yeah i appreciate you guys joining us and uh so you've been listening to the zone coverage on the talk to q radio show Normally, the show airs live every Tuesday and Wednesday. Decide to do something special for Thursday. Um, go to TalkToQ.com to get more show information. There's a calendar there of, there of future events. 
And we'll catch you all live again on Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Everyone have a good night. Peace out. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? We got something to prove tonight, and we start the whole circle thing though. Help me, hit the same move, we knock out. Let's go. I am the great. Go play intramurals, brother. But they are who we thought they were. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You play to win. Do you have any questions? I got a question. You got any excuses tonight, Roy? Playoffs? What are you talking about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. But we talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice?